0: what it do golf fans welcome back to the turn dogs golf podcast this is liam alongside me is jack jack we had a great week in golf it was uh tpc craig ranch jason day snuck it out i mean you know borderline tear tear jerking moment for him his kid looks like a 35 year old people were saying all over social media i kept seeing that whenever whenever i looked on twitter everybody was like oh my god jason's day jason day's kid looks so old uh, but, I mean, we haven't seen him in, like, six years. This isn't one since then. So, what did you think of the week?
1: Well, first of all, Jason Day. I mean, I was sitting there. The only thing that it bothered me was that he was celebrating in, like, the the restaurant bar, like the clubhouse bar, and he didn't get that putt on 72nd hole to win it. Yeah. I'm sure he could care less. He got his win after five years or whatnot. But it was just so cool. And I, you, I wish I could show receipts of what we were texting. I was literally, I know you were um, watching somewhere else. I was sitting there I'm like Jason day, Jason day. And no one was saying anything. I'm like, you guys suck. Get some phone service.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was in a little bit of a dead spot there for a little while. So I didn't, I, I wasn't there the moment Jason day one, but I had a lot of heavy hitters in that top, you know, top 10, top five. And so I, I as, if it wasn't gonna be one of my guys that won, I was happy Jason Day pulled it out. You know there were a few other guys that I was not hoping wouldn't win, but but they didn't have the same effect on me as as you know Jason yeah, Day. Yeah, I'll
1: give you an example. Frickin' Austin Eckroat. I talk <laughs> about him for like three weeks in a row in like February and March. Then he just falls off the face of the earth. So my new strategy is if I'm high on a guy that is not a parallel name. I put a note on my calendar for three tournaments in advance and then hit him then, because I think even last year, that was the pattern.
0: There you go. I mean, not now you're on. I, and that sometimes happens with me too, where I'll like a guy and then the following week he'll do well, but mine's less consistent yours. It feels like every few like every other week you're like, you're like, Ooh, I like this guy. And then two or three, two, three, four weeks later, he pops off and crushes it. Um, and in, in terms of 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 guys in the top of the lead board or maybe guys that missed the cut that surprised you was there anything in particular that stuck out you know and just in general about guys that made the cut or missed the cut I wouldn't say there was a guy that well
1: outside of Dylan Wu and Justin Su my bets to make the cut that were just so frustrating I can't even fathom there wasn't necessarily a group of people just due to field that surprised me missing the cut. Yeah. Um, but there were guys in there that had really good weeks that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to go that high. You know, Carson Young, a guy you talk about a couple weeks ago who just fell off the earth. He came back. Yep. Doug Gim has played a couple of tournaments that have been really, really good. Hideki Matsuyama, who basically came out and said he felt like his wrists were falling off of his arms and then shot, you know, 15 under on the week. Can't relate. Um, so there's guys like that, um, that just kind of came out of nowhere. And it's just a trend of what a week like this is coming into. Cause you know, you had Jason Day, Scotty, Tom Kim, Kucher, Kodaira. So guys in this week's field that you can take a look at what happened last week.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I know we're both excited to get into the PGA, but let's go through DraftKings and FanDuel. Talk about you know how you kind of did in terms of the uh, your lineups. I'm I'm guessing you did good based on who I know is in your lineup.
1: Yeah, so DraftKings, I just took a look. Um, Didn't win in single entry. Again, back-to-back weeks with a freaking winner.
0: Yeah, I know you had J-Day, so that's surprising it's, you didn't win. Did yeah, Michael Kim and, and Dylan Wu kind of hurt you on that one?
1: Yeah, so those, well, and Trevor Werblow, so oh, and Werble, yeah. three missed cuts on my bottom three guys. That'll do it. Um, But I did win in a 50-50, so I don't know how going three for six with a cut. And a, I, I don't ask questions, kind of went net even basically on the week. Um Hideki, um, he was 23rd, day one, and then Kim was 34th. Three missed cuts and a winner's pick. I guess that means you get, you know, your money back.
0: Yeah, I mean, on that one, you might as well just jump on Jason Day's back for the week because that sounds like he really carried you in terms of those lineups. More than you so. know. Um, yeah, I mean, that works for your fan for your drafting this lineup in terms of mine. I, I missed out on the 50 fifties by three points. Um, very tough scenes. I went four for six on making the cut, uh, Hideki T23, Tom, Kim, and Sam Stevens. Shout out the, Sam
1: Stevens before the weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. On Friday, he was crushing it, but, uh, didn't last. Uh, but they were both T34 and then I had KH Lee who snuck in the cut, finished T50. Didn't really do anything to, uh, too flashy, but at least he made it.
1: FanDuel, that one was good. We won a big in that one. So Jason Day obviously being a winner. Scotty, top five. Matsuyama, 23rd. Bez, 23rd. Novak made the cut, which was nice. The only stain was Trevor Werblow, but yep. five for six in the cuts. One winner in a top five. Two top 25s. Outside of that, that's going to get you money.
0: So for my fan duel, I, uh, I actually won a little bit of money this week. It worked out well. Um, I had Scotty Scheffler, who went T5, Hideki T23, KH Lee T50. I had Siwu in this lineup, who finished second. That was a really nice carry. Um, I had Tano Goya, who finished T50. And then I had Werblow as well, who missed the cut. Um, the other thing, too, is on DraftKings last week and the last few minutes of the episodes, uh, I sent out a, or I basically listed off a, uh, a play for six guys, and one of which included Scotty Scheffler, Um, if you played that lineup, you scored 530 points. Um, and you want a solid chunk of change across all of uh, single entries and double ups. Um, unfortunately, I just threw it in a free one just to see, you know, where it was gonna land in terms of comparison. Uh, But you had Scotty T5, K. H. Lee T50, Siwoo T2, Aaron Badley T23, Tano Goya T50, and again Werblow who missed the cut. Um. But that, I mean, that's an absurd lineup for for three guys in the six Ks and three guys nine K and above. I just think that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it'll always be like that. We're always gonna throw some random lineup out there. It's gonna work. We don't have a hundred percent confidence in, but I guess tail
0: those. Yeah, exactly. So now, now, now that's the uh, the route for the future. How did your bets do? How many did you do last weekend? You had what, like seven? I do eight now, just because it works for the formatting
1: for socials. Just a depressing week overall. Brandon Wu to make the cut was a winner. Justin Sada to make the cut was a loss. Michael Kim to make the cut was a loss. Two guys are on streaks. Hideki Masayama, top 30. That was a winner. That was a sweat considering the injuries. Adam Scott, top 30, was a big winner. Scotty, top 20 in round one was a winner. And then Hoagie, top 40. That was so infuriating. I can't even describe it to you. And then Tom Kim, top 30, that was a loss as well. He fought hard at the end. Uh, Both guys made bogeys on their 17th hole of the day. Just killed their placement. So down 0.2 units, not the end at all, be all. So
0: again, regrettably, only up 60.54 units. Yeah, there you go. Jack's, uh, Jack's coming back down to earth, only up 60 units. Uh in terms of my bets I went 2 for 4. I mean there was a, a moment in time there where I could have gone 4 for 4 respectfully. I think it was it 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 could have happened. I you know I I don't say that very often where I'm like I should have done well this week. Based on how everybody was doing in my in my bets I felt like I could have easily gone 3 for 4 and I just had some bad luck kind of go my way at the end um i had sam stevens made cut minus 200 that was a win i mean again, that was kind of my bank role builder in terms of a in terms of a bet um tom kim top 20 was plus 100 again i think he finished like 34 uh siwoo kim top 30 at plus 115 guy ended up finishing second that was a nice win um and then i had hideki matsuyama t20 plus at 125 again he finished 2030 missed about a shot um, so I went, I was three shots away from going four from four. Hideki was one shot away. Tom Kim was two um, on the week. I lost 0. 0.35 units. And so I'm, I'm currently at uh 4.35. Yeah.
1: So... The Hideki one is brutal because it's less about how he played and more about how, everybody in the world basically went anywhere between four and nine under on Sunday Yep. Um, below him. So he just lost spots. So it's less about how he played more about everybody else.
0: And I can only imagine if he was fully healthy, if that would have probably like boosted him up an extra oh. shot or two to get him into the top 20. Like... Listen, if
1: you have three minutes, go listen to the interviews of what he was saying. He literally was like, this is not a quote. This is basically just to summarize. He's like, yeah, every time I swing, I feel like my hands are falling off. You know, it's just like, it's crazy. What he's doing um so i that's i guess a trend if if he's in- injured like that and he just had his neck you know even 23rd are you kidding me shot 15 freaking under is it a play
0: i don't know it's it's one of my biggest gripes about betting on the p betting the pga tour is that injuries are so like borderline fluky mm-hmm. um that and they just don't get advertised out to the public at all like for whatever reason guys get scared about like disclosing like ah yeah you know i got a little back pain this week or like ah yeah my wrist hurts like guys get all nervous about that and so for whatever reason it does come out and it just makes betting that much more difficult because again like hideki top 20 feels like a lock but it's not a lock when you got you know a wrist and a half as opposed to 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 two functioning arrests.
1: Yeah. And again, as everybody knows, we record this on Monday. So we have initial odds, initial everything. So we don't have those two other days, Tuesday and Wednesday to review any additional information that comes out. So yeah. we lock everything in for better or for worse.
0: Yeah. Um all right, do you want to do winners picks or wild cards? We actually yeah, let's are do- really good on winners picks. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. So my uh winner's pick, just because we're on the topic of it, Adam Scott T eight, boom. And then Christian Bizaden Hoot, T23, boom.
0: Don't say you're welcome as if I almost just didn't pick the winner last week. All right. Um, again, Jack had a TA T8, T23. That was really nice. Uh, that, that's a solid week if you're getting either of those in terms of, um, you know, one and done type plays. Um, for my winners, I had KH Lee, finished T50. But I also had Siwoo Kim, who finished tied second um so again he was battling at the end and again i would have loved to have had siwu win in order to get. you would like to have that flipped i ideally um but again jason day won, and, and he's probably the one person i'm okay with winning over somebody like a siwu
1: oh for sure i i, I can care less about anybody else jason day i was so happy to see win, just like personally
0: yeah so all right uh let's go to wild cards
1: Yeah, my first one was Christian Bezadenhut, top 20, round one scoring at plus 850. He finished T46. He just didn't have his best stuff going into Thursday. It happens. It is what it is. I wish I could have done his, uh, I think I want to say was his Sunday round. He finished like five under. Um, And then Jimmy Walker, top 20, Scotty Scheffler, top 10 parlay. Walker finished T74. Scotty did his part. That was plus 666. I think I got to go back to the plus 400s.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Scotty part was never the concern in terms of that portion of the bet. It was always the Jimmy Walker top 20 in my eyes. But um, my wildcard picks were not much better. Um, I had two top 20s in Trevor Werblow and Tyler Duncan. And uh, yeah, it didn't go well. All right, uh, PGA Championship. (laughs) Yes, please. All right, we are going to uh, PGA Championship. This is being played at Oak Hill. Uh, In terms of location, just think of like Rochester, New York. Um, or if you're like me and you don't really know where Rochester is or don't care where Rochester is, it's about four mi- four hours north of New York City. Um, this is a par 70 totaling 7,400 yards. Last year's winner of the PGA Championship was Justin Thomas. Um, so there, in terms of the course specifically, um, Oak Hill, there was a PGA Championship that was played here in 2013, um, but the course layout is very different today than it was 10 Shout years ago. Shout out Duffner. Yeah, Jason Duffner won that over Furick. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. So it was Furic. Um, but don't follow that year too closely. Since that tournament, uh, they took out I want to say what 500 trees. I think they said they've they've completely redesigned the course. It's a it's a totally different uh, layout than it was in 2013. So I wouldn't sit there in 2013 and be like, ah, oh, like a lot of short guys did in terms of hitters played really well that week. Like maybe I should check it out and see if I can do any better. Just don't, don't, don't go it wasn't
1: like people. 10 years ago.
0: Exactly. Um, in terms of a few things, length is really helpful this week. The fairways are quite narrow. Uh, bunker play could actually be slightly interesting. I don't normally say this, but like there's a lot of bunkers on the course. Uh, most of the greens are kind of smothered in bunkers, so it could make it potentially enticing um there's not a ton of play i mean you know guys with extra distance are extremely beneficial but there's a lot of big names here so really you just want to try and get as many big names in as possible and you just got to hit on the lower numbers
1: yeah i think the only thing that i want to point out too is because it is a pga with a lot of like you saw the rough and how the images of what they're doing i think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than a lot of people think i know some of the lines were like oh round of the day is going to be like 62 and a half and i just don't think that's going to happen so i think there's going to be a lot of bogey avoidance plays this week and not necessarily more birdie plays if that makes sense
0: yeah the last three years the the winning score on a pga is is eight under so so it's not like guys are going to go out here like they did in in craig ranch and shoot you know 22 23 24 25 under like they have in the past and you know, or like Mexico, when the winning score is in the twenties. No, this is probably going to be single digits, maybe minus ten or eleven, but it's not going to get too crazy. Yeah. So, all right. Um, again, that that's really it for me. The you know, there's a drivable par four that'll be fun. Some of these par threes are long, a little over two hundred yards, but I don't need to bore you guys with those details. I mean, there's a lot of good golfers here this week. Distance is helpful, not necessary if you're really accurate with your irons. Yeah, um, if you
1: want to, you are every single person here that has draftkings if you want to pick every single golfer to make a hole in one everyone's plus ten thousand so you can go pet whatever dollar amount you want safely I'm not advising you should do it for just for you know the asterisks or whatnot but every golfer if you want to pick a hole in one that week is ten thousand
0: plus so there you go you just gotta hit one and then all of a sudden you uh you, you could win your money back
1: yeah last time I checked it was like plus 450 for a hole in one just because everything is obviously dried out or
0: whatnot yeah, um, all right, well, let's get right into the lineups or DraftKings, I guess. Sorry, let's get in you know 10k, 9k range. Um, 11k, we'll 10k, ah, yeah, that's true. We are in the 11k. Um, so let's just get right into it. We have John Rahm all the way or at 11,400 to Brooks Kepka at 10,100.
1: Yeah, so I think number one for me, as hard as it is to say that Rahm should be the number one, I think it is Scotty. Um, he's prevailed. Every single where you can imagine, he's number one in strokes game tee to green. He's just take a look at his finishes, 13 for 13 on cuts. Nine of those have been top 10. And if you take a look at the times he didn't finish top 10. Oh, yeah, it was an 11th and 12th place finish. The only weakness that we see in his game is his putter. Uh, you know, we see times where he's gaining like six shots in the field in iron and approach play and then losing like nine and a half in putting. That's the only concern that we have of his, but just in terms of DraftKings, it's he's the number one in my opinion. Not to say Rom, he's obviously the best player in the field. His last three finishes were win, runner up, and fifteenth. But there have been times that Rom has been known to get a little wary. Um, so I just think Scotty is the safer play because of the way the course is set up.
0: When I'm looking at this range, I'm really trying to determine, you know, who like what the holes are in each person's game. Rom, in all honesty, I don't know if he has any. I'm the only
1: thing gonna... that I would have said is mental, but he seems so even keel this year. I can't even say that.
0: I think he, I think he's so locked in that you could argue that Rom has currently no holes in his game. Um in terms of Scotty, love him, Jack kind of mentioned it the putter can scare you in instances. Uh, but he's also finished 12th or better in each of his last 13 events he's also finished 21st or better in 10 of his last 11 majors his only cut was the 2022 pga and that was the whole weather situation where he got stuck on the wrong side of the 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 draw you take a look you can look at it if you need to i don't need to explain that any further Uh, He does. Scotty also leads the field off the tee. He's sixth on approach. And again, as long as his putter doesn't absolutely kill him this week, he's going to be just fine. Um, In terms of Rory again, you've, he missed the cut at the masters who knows on his health. I mean, it's extremely risky at, at 10,700. And if you really want to get to that, um, it's just. Here's the thing about Rory for me is
1: you could have shot him a thousand dollars down and the value would have made a lot more sense to be the third guy owned and your last three starts were 98, 59 and 47 when you're advertised to win, win and win. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me to go into a major where all those mishaps are going to be elevated to the X degree. That just it doesn't make sense for him to be the third most um, expensive guy. When the two guys below him, I would definitely put over him.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, Morikawa. He again. He's gonna be the elite iron play guy. Um. If that's the if that's the role you want to get to with Morikawa, then that's that makes a lot of sense. Um. In terms of flaws on his game, I mean, he has a. Would you call his putter a flaw? Or I more... would
1: say yes, only because if you take a look, and the reason I like him a little bit this week is actually Colin Morikawa is third in percentage in fairways hit. So if you're taking a look at that accuracy play, you get him into that fairway, the irons are going to be that popular play. The putter just isn't it. Um, you take a look at the Wells Fargo, where he just absolutely crapped the bed. Outside of that, he's been having those up and down days, of course, like everybody does. But yeah. like this might be week that he has the availability to shine a little bit through.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I do think he'll be the, the least owned of these top five guys. I think people will see, you know, Rom, Scheffler, Rory, and Kepka and be like, oh, wow, I'm going to go for one of those four like move down. Um, so I do think Morikawa will potentially be the least owned. I also think he's potentially the second most volatile print, maybe behind Rory, um, yeah. respectfully. And so I think that, that he's got a lot more of that boom bust as opposed to a lot of the other people in this range.
1: No, yeah, 100%, because Brooks, I like him a lot this week. And I'm not just saying that, just, oh, Masters, blah, blah, blah. You take a look at his live finishes, including the Masters since February, which is the only data we have. 27-24 win, runner-up 11th, third, and fifth. This guy is on a freaking tear.
0: Yeah, uh, Brooks Koepka is playing well in that sense. I mean, he he has won uh, PGAs in the past but he's also the fifth most expensive golfer on the field list. Um, I think on live, it's a little nerve wracking. There's a few other live guys that are borderline comparable to how Brooks have been playing. And they are not the fifth most expensive golfers. I don't think he's a bad option. I just don't know if I want to get to him at this price. The thing that I
1: really like about him is number one, he's got that mentality that wins majors. You know, I don't care about anything. I'm, you know, I'm laser focused. I can beat half the field. Then a quarter that's play. I just got to beat a quarter of the field. He's proven. I mean, in in the calendar year, 2023, he has a scoring average of 68.3. Now, listen, I know Liv is set up completely different than the PGA Tour, but you go out at a crappy weather Masters and perform second in that field where all eyes are on you. I think the pressure's off. Now, obviously pressure's on, but I think the pressure's a little bit off compared to the masters. And I think this is gonna be a little more more comfortable of a play for him. And I think comparatively to you know, like a Rory who who's six hundred dollars more expensive, I think you go down to Kepka here.
0: Yeah, I so let, let's do this. I think Kepka's a decent play. How do you have th- this f- these five kind of ranked out in your yeah. in your notes?
1: Scotty, Rom, Kepka, Morikawa, <laughs> McLarai
0: i'm the same way okay good i thought about swapping morikawa and kepka but i i don't really i think both of them have their flaws and they know both of them um
1: yeah the only reason i'm staying away from morikawa is just on the train of thought of the wells fargo yeah this is i just i saw so many bad things i saw him get in his head i saw him just lose track of focus and you know, RBC masters players, he was top thirty-five and all those, including two top fifteens, you know, Genesis and a lot of the tournaments in January is playing really well. But I just haven't seen that cutthroat Colin Morikawa that we saw. Um, and I thought the Wells Fargo would have been a really good event to hone that President's Cup, Ryder Cup, you know, I'm this is I know this course, I love this course, and we just didn't
0: see it. Yeah. Um All right, so one of the reasons I think that I'm personally a little scared about getting to Brooks at ten thousand one hundred is because I like the guy directly below him at nine thousand nine hundred. Well, you Uh, should. I should because he's Jack's guy this week. Uh, So at the nine thousand range, we're starting with Xander Shoffley at nine thousand nine hundred, all the way down to Sungjae Im at nine thousand flat. Jack, talk to me why Xander a good play this week?
1: Yeah, well, I guess you set me up for that (laughs) one. So first of all, Xander Shoffley. For those of you who did not pay attention in our pre-season prediction for the majors, our recap, this is my winner's pick coming into this week. I still really liked it a lot. Second at the Wells Fargo, fourth at the RBC, 10th at the Masters, 19th at the Players. He's just killed everything. He's technically 12 for 13 on cuts. But if you take a look at his DraftKings ranking, there's not a record of his missed cut. So I don't even know where it happened. He's killing it. Scoring average 68.9. He just, he everything about him, driving, everything is about accuracy. I call it boring golf. I love it. Middle of the green, but with his irons, you know about how well he's done. His chipping was a little bit wary from what I've seen, but if he can get that putter hot and rolling how he would normally, I think he can fulfill this value and even more.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been playing really well recently. Uh, 10th at the Masters, 4th at RBC, 2nd at Wells Fargo. Um, he's been playing great i think this is kind of course that fits really well for his style of play and in terms of guys that are due to win a major kind of coming up soon i mean you got Xander and you got cantlay the guy right below him one of those two i think is going to be due within the next what six seven majors probably listen that's a safe you,
1: you win an olympic medal you're due for a major number one. Yeah. Um, you take a look at all of his stats, everything combined, watching him, you know, approach from 150 to 175. He's first putting from inside three feet. He hasn't missed yet. It's ridiculous. He's 24 in consecutive cuts, you know, all of this fourth and strokes gain total 68th off the tee about one tenth of a shot one between one and 2 tenths of a shot better compared to the field but fifth in approach to the green inside top 20 in putting. He just looks really, really good overall. And in a term like this, he is 20th in, or excuse me, 19th in greens and regulation combined with those putting numbers. I think that's a successful week right there.
0: Yeah. Um, so again, I think we're both high on Xander. Who else do you like in this nine K range? Honestly, first off, I really like
1: cam Smith. I think, This is the first price point for a guy of his caliber that I'm really going to stand behind. Um he has in his last three finishes in live two, three, and six. He came to the masters. He finished thirty fourth, wasn't his best week, but there were so many other things going on at the masters. I don't I want to say I want to take a lot of weight into it, but I really can't. I think he's one of the most and again, when I say boring golf, I'm saying get in the middle of the fairway, get a position play, hit the middle of the green, and hit your putts. It's not boring. Um, the other guy I really like is Sung J M. He just won a tournament uh, this morning um, for, I can't remember what it was. I don't remember if it was his foundation or not, but his last five finishes have been 21, 6, 7, 8, 16. So I think he's really coming into form here. Um, I just, I really like these guys, but you can't really count out Antlay or Tony Finau either.
0: Yeah. I, I, Tony's one of the guys that I think is super interesting in this range. Um, Tony, top fives. He always comes out in majors and plays well. Um, you know, hasn't won one yet, but he's another guy that 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 could win on in terms of one that's kind of due. Uh, he's pretty close behind on that list, so I think in terms of ninety five hundred, he's a solid option if you want to get to him at this point. I think he's a little difficult based on his pricing. You got to figure out how you're going to loop him in, um, especially if you want to go up top to like a Rom and a Scotty. Um, but that could be a good way to go. Different. The last two guys I like in this range are actually the two cams um cam smith and cam young so so cam smith i i went back through and kind of looked at his data a little bit just because again he's not really on tour he's not on the tour anymore he's now on live um so he was known for for a guy that often sprayed it off the tee um that was usually what he was doing when he was on tour now again this is last year um but that can actually be in play here at oak hill uh once he's off the tee he's elite he's a great iron player he's great great with his wedges and he's got a at least a solid putter um and Jack's right. He's piled three finishes in a row since Augusta. Now, again, that's on live, but that's still out of 48 guys. And at this point, they're not all a bunch of chumps on live. So like I actually feel a little better about how how he's playing in terms of that sense. Um, in, ter- in terms of Cam Young, not that this is a home course for him, but this is the closest thing Cam's going to get in terms, of a young- in terms of a home course. Uh, he's also got to kind of fits the mold on this style of a course. Well, Um, I think he's going to have a big supporting fan base around. And again, this is a guy that's still 12 for 12 on making the cut. Is it pretty? No. Is he in peak, peak form right now? No. He's got three top 50s in his last four starts. You know what his other start is? It's the Masters. He finished top 10. So guy knows how to show out when he needs to. And again, I think in a quote unquote home course type of play, could be an extremely nice value for a guy like Cam Young.
1: Yeah, the only other guy, and I agree with you completely, the only thing about Cam Young is I'm a little scared of uh, the major pressure, but he proved it at the Masters, which is really good. Uh, I kind of like Victor Hovland, and I know the initial thought is he has power off the tee, so the accuracy is a little wary. Um, But inside of 100 yards, he actually ranks first. Putts per round, he ranks first. Proximity from the rough, which I think might be a big, big staple here. Second. So I think a lot of these categories, 29th and strokes gained to the in total, T to green is 18th, strokes gained off the T is six approach to the green is 18th. All these categories, including fourth and driving, which I think is really, really good, yeah. make him a very good play. The thing that always comes back to bite him, and we'll talk about it a hundred, hundred times, is the strokes gained around the green. He's currently 169th in the PGA tour of players that have qualified rounds. So Including it, he's losing about 8.6 shots per tournament in strokes gained around the green, which is crazy. Now, he's making up about 30 shots a tournament in between strokes gained off the tee and driving. So everything does balance out. But I think in a tournament, like you said, has those bunkers and has those chip shots, it's scary.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes it weary, for Hovland. Um, Again, I'm going to avoid him this week. But it is something to keep an eye on if you want to be a little different. He's going to be low owned.
1: And just my final thought on the 9K range speed is basically 50 50. Um, as of like two days ago, he said he's playing in this event. His wrist was so bad that he just uh, he blew it at the Wells Fargo. And when somebody's 50 50 to play, especially in a major, that price point of 9,600 is so scary. Avoid him like the plague.
0: Yeah, he needs to take a, you know, couple of weeks off, ideally. Let, let's should. Throw, let's throw some ice on the rest here and, and solve some problems. But, um, all right, into the AK range we go. Um, up top, we have last week's winner, Jason Day, at 8,900. All the way down at 8,000, we have uh, Tommy Fleetwood. So, I, I'm quickly realizing, based on my lineups, based on how you want to construct, this is a very easy grouping to avoid. Who do you like in the 8K range here?
1: Well, number one, and it is obvious, it is Jason Day. He did come off a win. He said from the Masters to the Wells Fargo, he had a little bit of vertigo, so I'm not necessarily taking those rounds into play, only because it is so prevalent. His finishes before that, 19-10, 9-5-7-18. he won last week, so everything was just firing on all cylinders. Gives him the confidence to come and try to win another major, which his last one was eight years ago. The only other guy that I'm really necessarily fighting toward would be dustin johnson um he's returning he's had a couple finishes and majors that have just been stellar um masters obviously he didn't perform as well as one might want him to barely making the cut but again that weather was just so bad it's hard to say he's got screwed by some placement but he won last week in the live three days ago he won he shot 263 so i think his game is fighting on all cylinders I'll tell you more so about guys that I'm scared of. Number one is Max Homa. I don't know why, but he's got that Patrick Cantlay. I suck at majors. He has one top 35 in his career at a major, and I don't think this is the week to start him. Now, that's not to say fairway, accuracy, smaller greens that does necessarily fit to Max Homa's game. I'm not sure if it's, you know, that major, holy crap, it's a major tense up kind of a thing. I am just so wary of him. Um, and then the last guy I'm very afraid of is Sam Burns. Yeah. I don't know what I saw out of him, the Wells Fargo, kind of that Colin Morikawa, really good finish, you know, Genesis invitational and API. He was outside of the top hundred. So these there are finishes here for these guys that are just terrifying.
0: Yeah, Sam Burns has just got major red flags. It's it's so nerve-wracking whenever you throw him in a lineup, you're just sitting there the entire like, especially Thursday and Friday, you're like, I just don't need to see him blow up and shoot plus six or plus seven on that yeah. day. And it's such a shot in the dark. Um, in terms of Homa, I, it stinks. I want to get to Homa. I, I want I to, of, too. But I kind of agree with you. My only thought is, like, something like a PGA is really kind of a nice jumping off spot in terms of majors. Not that it's got – not that it's, like, easy. Let me be clear. Here, but maybe in terms of majors, it's the least, like, high Intimidating. Yeah, yeah, intimidating pressure. So maybe he could do well there. Now, again, this isn't me being like, yeah, Max Homo is going to win this week. But, like, this could be his best finish all year in terms of a major. I could totally see it happening this week. Um, it would make sense, and it fits him really well. Um, and in terms of the last guys, I- I'll talk about in this range. Again, I don't love a ton of these guys too much. Uh, I'm going to talk about Tommy Fleetwood. Go for it. Uh, and again, top five at Wells Fargo, top 15 at uh, Heritage. He finished 33 at the Masters, but he was also great at Valspar finishing T three. I mean, his game's kind of all coming into form. Guy is sneakily like not mi- like not missed a cut since Phoenix, so he's been playing really well recently. And Again, that was his only missed cut all year. It, he just doesn't flash. That that's the challenge of Tommy Fleetwood. I want to I want to pick guys in this range where I'm like, you know what, you have equity to finish like top five. You have a good chance to win. I don't know if I get that with Tommy Fleetwood because I don't know what difference I have in him versus his top of the seven K range. And that's really the biggest challenge. But I think in terms of a safety valve, if you want to call it that he's an extremely effective safety valve at eight K.
1: Yeah. The only other guy that I like, and again, this category, it's just, it's more landmines than anything else. But I do like Tara Latin this week um, coming yeah. off five or excuse me, fifth and a third finish. RBC 19th, Masters 34th, you know, runner up at the players. He's coming into form. He's sixth in the entire field in adjusted scoring um, and third all around scoring. So I think he's just really, really good. And the one thing that I really know about him is when he's mentally focused and relaxed, that putter tends to do really, really well. And I hope he carries that momentum into this week as more of a positive than a negative, because he might be scary good this week.
0: Uh, I don't hate Haddon this week, but again, I just don't think, I I think he's another guy that could be a landmine just based on the fact that it's a major and he might be like, you know, all interior Terrell Haddon, angry face man, uh, which is always a nice challenge to deal with in terms of that. Fair enough. So, um, 7K range. We're starting up top with Corey Connors all the way down. Oh boy. It's a deep group of 7K here uh phil mickelson Ooh, he snuck in at 7k it's probably because he played really well at the masters um all right so jack who who do you like in this 7k range there's a big grouping
1: number one it's got to be adam scott um he's 42 year old we rarely ever see him have a slump um t fifth at quail hollow tied for eighth at craig ranch 31st at rbc 39th in the masters he's just had a really, really good overall year with a scoring average of 70. And in these fields that bogeys, you know, a lot of these birdies come into play, he's done really well. And a lot of these events where bogey avoidance has been really good, he's also played really well. So I think with that scoring, we might see a finish between anywhere between, I think, in my opinion, weather depending, drive depending, between five and 12 under. I think either way, whichever spectrum that scale falls on, he's going to compete so I really like Adam Scott this week.
0: Yeah, Adam Scott's a good one. Um, I also like the guy right next to him in the same price range, Taylor Moore. Um, dude just makes a ton of cuts. He won a Valspar um last couple finishes. I mean, Masters T39 made the cut there. RBC, he was almost top 10. Wells Fargo, he was T27. Guy just it, it's so weird because you look at Taylor Moore's st- like statistics and you're like Man, nothing, like, truly strikes me about this guy that he should be playing as elite as he is, but he just makes every cut. It just doesn't matter. Like, you, regardless of how it works out, you're like, all right, let me pencil Taylor more in for a mid-cut, you know, throw him in as a fourth or fifth guy in my lineup. Everything other than that will work around. It's crazy. Uh, another guy in this range I like is Justin Rose. Uh, Justin Rose, 7,700. I don't think this guy's missed the cut of the PGA Championship since I was in, like, diapers. Uh, feels like this guy always plays really well in a course like this. Um, he did win earlier this year so he's got a little bit of that boost in, all, in in terms of in terms of confidence he played really well at the Masters he was top top 16 I want to say um and he's made his last few cuts coming in as well but again this is a course that could fit Justin Rose pretty well uh the resurgent Ricky Fowler guys just casually got four top 15s in his last four starts um and then let's see did he not play oh no he didn't play in the masters that's right yeah I, I want messed
1: to be by happy. it like one or two placing points.
0: Yeah, so hasn't missed a cut in 2023. Six top 20 finishes in his past eight starts, six of which of those were elevated events. Um Over his last 36 rounds, he's gained the 11th most strokes of any player in the field. Now, again, most of that's irons and putting. But still, as long as he can get off the tee on any sort of ability this week, I I love Ricky Fowler this week.
1: Yeah, I, I listen, I think I'm going to love Ricky Fowler every single week. Another guy that I think is flying under the radar this week is Wyndham Clark. I, You know, we take a look at a lot of lot of things going on. I don't think I saw Wyndham's Clark name more than a handful of times. Last time he was out, he freaking won a golf tournament in Wells Fargo. Now, let's just take a look. I know this is a bad stat, but since October, he's made every single cut. His worst finish is a 50th. Everything else besides that has been top 38. So it's just he's not been playing good golf, you know, scoring average under 70. I, listen, this guy at 7,500 has been killing it in terms of this price point, much like Ricky Fowler has flying under the radar. He is so good overall that I think he is going to be a tremendous play this week in
0: DFS. You know, he only has nine top 21 finishes. So I know. I know it's not that great. And his name's not flashy. So, every you know, everybody hop on Wyndham Clark tally him to the finish i think he's he's pretty locked into a made cut personally this week i don't know what his odds are looking like but uh or do we anyway
1: um last thing i have to say um just because his name is right there abraham answer the alarm is not being sound um although this week would be a good week for him you know fairway green and reg etc he is just not he's had one top uh two excuse me two top 20s and live this year he um he just hasn't looked good i'll be honest you know 23rd 47 39 you can't do that as a caliber player and live um but you know like next to him is taylor gooch who won back-to-back tournaments so it's just there's scale here is just very scary and i can't get to the alarm
0: or Everybody the alarm shout a tear that we're not getting an alarm this week um I'll just mention a couple guys here at the bottom of the seven K range. I like in terms of in terms of options to put in your lineup. Um, I think D three. We can always kind of agree is a solid choice. Um, he'll he'll make a cut. He's usually Jack's guy, but he's got really great irons in terms of iron play. Um, Nikolai, Ho- say his name. Hoyard. Hoyard. Thank you. Words are hard. Um, guys, I missed a cut all year. He just finished fifth in in the world tour. Um, That was after playing well, having, what, a second in Corrales and then a couple of top 28s on PGA between Wells Fargo and Valero. Um, And then the last guy I'll mention, too, just kind of a a safe play is Chris Kirk. Um, He's more of a made-cut guy than anything else, too. I don't know if he's going to go out there and flash you in the pan and get you a top five, but if you need somebody, fifth, sixth guy in your lineup at 7K, you'd feel pretty confident about 40th place out of a Chris Kirk, especially being your sixth guy in your lineup.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the other guy that I like would, would advertise and put my name behind is Christian to Um, he's just been killing it outside. You take a look at his draft Kings. You saw that world tour event where he just chunked it, but he, I think he shot like still three under 23rd, 19th, 28th and 13th were all his last four PGA tour finishes. That includes the players Valero, RBC and AT&T three out of four are big tournaments. And I think that he's just going to be a really good guy. Fairway, green, and that putter, you know, is dynamite. So I like him a lot this week.
0: Have you seen Gary Woodland, by the way? Guy's got three top 25 finishes in his last six starts. I'm pretty sure I thought that guy fell off the map at this point. He's been struggling so much sometimes. He's done
1: really, really good. I just don't think he goes birdie, 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 birdie enough. I think his scoring average last time I checked was just under 71.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense. Um he did do well at the Masters, he was T14. Um so it's not the worst option in the world, but I I actually think he's going to be a little popular this week. I think a lot of people are going to see Gary Woodland and be like, "Oh yeah, like he's been playing well. He's he's done well at majors in the past." Um I can go back to him. So, I don't know. I'd if like I'm to good. get to Phil though. I can. Yeah. I could, but I don't I don't know if I will.
1: Just for the reference on how hard it is for us to not get it, we we're both lefties. So if you think of the players we grew up with, it was Phil, Mike Weir, Bubba Watson, and every once in a while a tournament where a lefty that you'd never heard of populates.
0: Yeah, usually Bubba, I think Bubba Craig was Chalmers was my, my major one in terms of seeing him like when the Masters especially was where I was like, hell yeah. That was when I was starting to get into like how DFS really worked, because prior to then I had very little clue. Uh, but seeing Bubble win was kind of a, a nice jump off point for me. Um, all right, let's jump into the 6K range. We got a couple of uh, yeah interesting names. We'll say that. Let's
1: just put it this way. We're going to quickly go over this. So top is Aaron Wise and the bottom unfortunately John Daly did withdraw. It is Shawn no. Michael and not the wrestler.
0: Wait, John Daly with, with What the hell, John? Come on. I oh, know. That's, that's so sad. Okay.
1: Um, The only guy that I'm liking this and liking in a general very hard sense is Harold Varner the third you think about his game in general it is so tight everything is constrained safety play his last three finishes in live are four eight and eleven. everything else about his game is firing all cylinders and I just I like him this week in terms of more of a made cut at this price point
0: yeah I mean and yeah Harold Varner's a guy. I mean, if you want to get fancy, you could try and do like a Francesco Molinari. I don't know if I love that play, but he's he's an option at this point. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of this. Uh, my big guy is has got to be at sixty five hundred. I I've rode Zach Johnson's coattails for a solid like two and a half months now, and I'm gonna keep doing it just because I want to be able to to put in some heavy hitters. You know, I'd love, if I'm trying to make a lineup with John Romascotti, like you're going to need to get a guy like Zach Johnson in order to do it. Uh, so I think he's going to be the big name that of, of a guy that I get to at 6,500. I mean, if you want to get real fancy, you could try, I don't know, you could try like a Brian Harmon. <sighs> Even then, I don't feel great about it. I mean, he has not played great recently um maybe a cooch cooch is probably your best option then because he's actually but i again it's it's just a tough struggle in terms of getting this range i think a lot of people are going to take tom hoagie this week at 6900 um i'm okay fading him i don't really need to get to him um guy doesn't have the best experiences in terms of majors and uh i don't think it's going to start this week
1: yeah the only other guy that i look at i was like oh um before he left for live that guy was just known for i'm going to play the most staple golf in history much like aaron rye um he hasn't he i I think this was first event that he played in live he won last year um i would say that he finished 11th at last week's event 19th the week before and then runner up at um adelaide adelaide i can't remember what it was or how to pronounce it from australia Um, That's the only other guy that I can really get to. I think Ben Griffin might be really highly owned, but it's his first major and he hasn't been playing well. So I'm just so scared
0: to do that. Get off the TikTok, Ben Griffin. Start playing better then worry about TikTok. I actually
1: enjoy it, so I'm a fan of it.
0: I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it in terms of his finishes when I try and bet the guy. So, <laughs> um, all right, Jack, let's get into uh, DraftKings and FanDuel here. What are you? What's your DraftKings lineup looking like?
1: Yes, my DraftKings this week starting off Xander Shoffley, ninety nine hundred. Next, I'm jumping to Cam Smith ninety three hundred, Jason Day eighty nine hundred, Adam Scott seventy eight hundred, Wyndham Clark seventy five hundred, and then Harold Varner the third sixty six hundred. Pretty safe play, boring play.
0: Yeah, I kind of I like a lot of that lineup. I mean, I don't know, maybe I I avoid J Day personally so that way I can stick off of HV three. Um,
1: yeah. I would go to Hatton if I was going to switch anything between J Day, but I think that win just going to give him a ton of confidence.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, because then you go down to Hatton and then you can get what like a seven K guy. You can go get a Phil.
1: <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I feel
0: better about Phil than HV three though. So I I get where you're coming from in terms of a lineup. Uh, it's pretty solid play. Uh, for my DraftKings, I'm starting on top with Scotty Scheffler at eleven thousand two hundred. Then I'm going to Xander Shoffley at nine thousand nine hundred. I have Taylor Moore at seven thousand eight hundred, Ricky Fowler at seven thousand six hundred, Chris Kirk at seven thousand, and then Zach Johnson at sixty five hundred.
1: I like it. I like it. And then my FanDuel lineup. Um, there is a note here. We we do have a, a joint notes page. My uh, note was, I will announce this live to be absolutely made fun of by my colleague, Liam, um, who has made a guess on what my lineup might include, and he has legitimately not seen this. What is your prediction?
0: So, my prediction is you had six live guys. No. no, Okay. I, th- I, my, I So I had two productions, One was six live guys, and then the other was to go John Rom and Scotty Scheffler to start off your lineup.
1: I'm not that crazy. Well, Are I you
0: kidding? I didn't know.
1: Jeez, I'm not that crazy. So starting off with my FanDuel lineup, John Rom 12,100. <laughs> and next I have Scotty Scheffler, 12,000. So you might think that's extreme. My third guy is Xander Schofley at uh, 11,100. So right now we have felt a lot of change. But that's okay, because we jumped to a 9K in Adam Scott. Then we jumped to Christian Bez at 8,100. And then I went Steven Yeager at 7,400. I I, I took a look at a lot of the guys that were, you know, down here and whatnot. But you uh, yeah.
0: I, I looked at Yeager. Yeager was probably one of those guys that, that that had the most potential for me in terms of in that range. I didn't hate Davis Thompson. Um, but I don't know if he's a guy I want to get to in terms of a major. Um, that's a little nerve wracking. So I think, I think, I think Jaeger's one of the solid plays to, to go out there at that price range. Uh, yeah, at that price range. At that price range, let me be abundantly clear. Uh, so I laughed because I actually thought about it after I saw that message from Jack. I went through and I made a new DraftKings lineup that I liked more than my FanDuel. original. Oh, really? Or, or FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel lineup. So I adjusted my FanDuel lineup to it. To so I was like, let me think of what Jack would do. Um, and I found this lineup, and I loved it. So I'm starting with John Romp, 12,100. And then I'm going to Scotty oh, Sheffler. Oh, you wiener. You really <laughs> did copy that. Oh. Hey, I didn't even, Jack didn't even have his notes out. Let me be abundantly clear. Jack didn't have his notes out. But his his say, wording, I'm saying, that I'm going to make, it's going to make me laugh, made me go through and rethink my entire FanDuel lineup. And that was how I made it work. Um, so I have John Romp, 12,100. Scotty Scheffler, 12,000. Xander Shoffley at eleven thousand one hundred, Ricky Fowler at ten thousand six hundred, Taylor Moore at eight thousand, and Zach Johnson at seventy two hundred. So I look at you less. I look. I feel differently about you. (laughs) Jack's all disappointed in me because he likes my lineup now more than his lineup. No. Um, (laughs) And that is how it works. So. Yeah, oh so my I, gosh. You can thank nobody except for yourself there. Cause I would not have done the lineup unless unless you said that that was going to make me laugh. Because then I started thinking into it. So
1: oh that I wish I would have seen that before you just announced it.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Jack. Let's start going into bets here. What are we looking at for bets?
1: Yeah. So honestly, we obviously everyone could go really aggressive this week, but I found eight bets that I think. We're the number. We're very number one safe. So we should have a little bit of a money pool come in this week. And I think it honestly hit. So number one was Adam Scott top 40 plus 105. I think that's crazy to me for how well this guy's been playing in terms of a field that, like we said, can either get bogey voids or birdie play. Brooks Koepka top 20 is plus 125. His top 30 number was like minus 160. It really didn't make sense um, for how much it jumped. Xander Shoffley top 20 plus 115. That number is flying up since I locked it in this Monday uh, or this morning. Cam Smith top 30 is minus 115. Wyndham Clark top 40 plus 105. The only one I'm a little worried about. This is my favorite bet. Roy McIlroy to finish 17th or worse is minus 120. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, Christian to make the cut minus 140, and then Sung J M top 30 to finish minus one Oh five.
0: There you go. There's Jack's eight. Um, So this week I'm doing eight bets as well. Um, That's not normal for me. Usually I stick to three to four, maybe five if I'm feeling frisky, feeling frisky and feeling adventurous, but this is a, you know, this is a major week and in all honesty, I need to see some good numbers. So I, I have a few bank rolls, and then I have a few that are uh, a little more risky. Um, so I'm starting off, I'm squad riding with Jack. We both have Xander Shoffley, top 20, at plus 115. Um, I have Scotty Scheffler, top 10, at plus 105. I have Cam Young, top 20, at plus 137. I have Cam Smith, top 20, at plus 140. I have Victor Hovland as the top Nordic at plus 110. I think he's got to meet beat the the Hoygard brothers. Oh, Yard. Oh, Yard brothers. Oh, my and then, goodness. And then somebody else whose name I can't even remember. I don't think they're going to put up much of a, a contest. Um, so that was plus 110. Thomas Dietry to make the cut was minus 120. Taylor Moore to make the cut was minus 160. And Hideki Matsuyama to be the top Japanese was minus 180. He's got to beat Kasuki Higa. And then somebody else whose name I also can't remember who uh, clearly was not that important.
1: Hey, check your check your phone really quick. Are you able to cash out your Cam Smith bet? Uh, yeah. Because he, on DraftKings right now for top 20, is plus 150 instead of plus
0: 140. Oh, his odds went up? Oh, hell yeah. All right, I'm going through and I'm adjusting that, and we are going to make it now 150.
1: Absolutely. So this is, it's the hard part, because at the same time, Scotty Scheffler top 10 is plus 105 when he locked it in. Right now it's minus 120. So we lock these in at, you know, anywhere between 2 and 3 p.m. Central time on a Monday. So you might see this tomorrow on your drive to work or your drive home from work or whatnot, 10 o'clock at night. These odds are going to be so different from what we locked in. We scour every sports book and everything. So this
0: is a play. John Rom had worse, has has better top 10 now odds than Scotty? That makes no sense. When I locked it in, Rory almost had better top 10 odds than... uh... We're almost at worst top ten odds in the Scotty.
1: I just want you to know that whatever dollars remaining in my DraftKings account will be played on the Rory McIlroy fade train.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, here's here's top forties. Those would have been really nice to have before you know. I I started this podcast. They just came out in the last couple minutes, so that'll be fun. Okay, all right. Well, I have my eight bets out. This is going to be an interesting week for me. Again, let's hope that my eight bets kind of come through. Um, I need a little bit of a roll. I'm I'm. You know I'm down four units on the year. I need to I need to get back in the positives. This the is I a need to do it
1: boomer bust week. You might go down hard, or you might go up hard. I
0: I don't know. I have a few bankroll builders, so I I think at the absolute worst I go what three for eight. Well, my
1: bankroll builders went two for three last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. So all right. Uh, do you want to do wild picks or winners, Jack? Let's do winners. We rolled in winners last week. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley. Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley. Call it a day. Not Rombo. I mean, I can take all
0: three. No, I, I I thought you had Rombo in our notes. That's why I was so confused. Um, I could be wrong. Okay. Oh, Scotty. Scotty Scotty and Xander. Screw
1: it. We'll take Rom and Xander. But if Scotty wins, I want credit for it.
0: Okay. Why don't you just take like the top seventeen? You know, in terms of money. Well, that's what I did
1: last year. Uh, Yeah. Take Rom and Scotty. One of them. One of
0: those will win. Um, well, you know, of- yeah, yeah.
1: I'll take Ram and Scotty only because Xander was my pre-year prediction. So it all works out.
0: There you go. Yeah. So that way, if Xander wins, you still look good. Uh, for my winner's picks, I'm going to take, uh, the two cams. I'm going to take Cam Smith and Cam Young. Um, Cam Smith. This is again, another live guy. You can only use him what? Three, four times a year. So use them now or use him at the open. Um, so yeah, I'm going to use him this week. And then Cam Young was actually my preseason winner's pick for this course. Um, again, I'm hoping for a little bit of homecoming, a little energy, hopefully, some good, you know, family cooking. Would you like
1: me. a uh, a third winner this week since I took my pre-year? Would you like a third winner? Throw it in there. Sure. I will give you Rory if you want him.
0: Yeah, sure. I'll take Rory. Why oh, not? what? Oh, my goodness. You're kidding. I thought about taking Ricky, but I've already used him.
1: This is no, this is more fun. I don't care if you've already used a guy. Oh, my goodness.
0: Do you want like Kapka at least? Can I use Ricky? sure all right i'm using ricky
1: oh i've already wow. used
0: him so let me be abundantly clear this is just for, for jack and mines oh uh, my side gosh. notes i'm not actually using this in one and done's what uh, the I'm Ricky fowler in it so yeah i like ricky this week
1: <laughs> i have all no right,
0: words J- Wildcard picks let's do it
1: oh my gosh number one xander shawley top 20 and round one I guess 300 I think Ron one is going to be a lot of position play. Not necessarily someone's going to go out there and shoot 62. So I think if he can go out there and put out one or two under, I think he might sneak in an 18th or 19th place. Um, and then second, let me just give me the big guns in the field. Brom, Scotty, or Kep get a win is plus 240. So call it a day.
0: There you go. That's one way to do it. Um yeah, I like see your on Xander this week, and I I almost feel like I need to be higher on him, but I'm all over him like a bad smell. So I don't know if I can if I can get too much more on it without being you. Um yeah. all right, for my wildcard picks, I'm I'm throwing out a, a dart. I'm going Gary Woodland, top 20 at plus 360. Again, I think a lot of people are on him, and I don't know if I fully trust their judgment on it. Um, but I'll throw the wild card out there, and if he does great, then then that's awesome. But I'm not risking too much else in that otherwise. Uh my other wildcard pick is Scotty Scheffler and John Rom to both finish top 10. It's plus 250. Um, so it's not the craziest wild card of all time, but it uh definitely fits our criteria. And again, they're the two best golfers in the world currently. Um, so I'm all I'm all on it. I think they, they both have a good chance to finish top 10.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, no plus 400. so I can't guarantee a lock this week on the uh wildcards. But honestly, yeah. looking at all four of those, there's not one I go, ah, oh, that's stupid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Gary's probably the the riskiest, and and it shows in the odds. I mean, he's plus three sixty, but that's one where where I feel comfortable getting getting to that at this point, just because of how how Gary has that and that ability to just absolutely pop off. He's moved up to plus three hundred now. Is he actually? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I got him at plus three sixty. Um, hey, Jack. I, you know, cause cause we can cause it's major week. Do you feel like doing like a little little gentleman's bet on like a like a Cam Smith versus Brooks or like a or like a Fowler versus J Day or a... so?
1: I mean, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking live guy versus live guy because I'll take Brooks.
0: Yeah, I figured you'd want Brooks, and then I'll take Cam Smith. Brooks and Cam. Okay. And then I was trying to think of other guys in terms of ranges. I think we both like Xander, so that's a little l- little cheap if we you throw know, Xander in one of those. I numbers.
1: will take Scotty, and you can have
0: uh, Chris French. <laughs> okay, sounds great, Jake. Yeah, throw that one down for sure. He's man.
1: only and, or plus hundred plus 18,000 to uh, finish top 20. Uh, I, He's only plus 500,000 to win. I, I still like the
0: J.D. versus Ricky Fowler. You can take well, J.D. I don't want to cheer against Ricky. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the tough part. Um, All right, let's
1: take. All right, let's go to DraftKings. I'd go Cam Young versus J Day. Go to DraftKings. Pick any one of the plus five hundred thousand to one or five thousand to one guys, and we'll do a little gentleman's bet on the plus five hundred thousand to win. That is a scary, scary list. Oh God! Oh wait, what the hell? I I think this might just be a shot at the dark, honestly. Um, But I'm gonna go. Do I, I want to go Shawn Michael because of the name?
0: I don't know if I do. I'm wait, can I go with the my guy? Who's your guy? Zach Johnson? Is he up here? Not
1: at plus five hundred thousand. All right, I'm gonna I know his not I know his name is not Greg Cock, but I'm gonna go Greg Cock.
0: <laughs> uh, just based on the name. Yeah. That that's great. Um because I've met him, I'm gonna go Sean Michael. The wrestler or the golfer? Well, it's it's actually Sean McKeel. But, well, I know, uh, but it's more fun. But, yeah, it's just Sean, Sean, Sean McKeel, because I've met him. That's who I'll go with.
1: I met Y e. Yang, and I hate him.
0: Well, I met <laughs> Sean McKeel, and he told me I had a decent golf swing, which was the best lie I've ever heard in my life. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I saw Y e. Yang beat Tiger in a major, and if you know how loyal I am to Tiger, I don't care what happens. I don't like you. Francesco Molinari beat him at the Open when I was in Europe. Oh, my God,
0: I was so mad. <laughs> so... All right, so that, that's going to be it for the PGA Championship. Uh, give me, give me two seconds here, guys, during the episode. Don't click off right away. Uh, in terms of viewership, we we really appreciate everybody that's kind of joined on in the last year and a half, year and a quarter or so. Uh, really, the four majors are are the only moments we really have to promote the podcast. So I'm just going to say it if you like listening to the podcast, can you just drop like a, like a follow or something? You know, you don't have to sit here and do all, anything crazy, but like a little bit of support goes a long way. And it would really be appreciative of the two of us uh, for all the work we put in throughout the year uh, makes life a little bit easier in, ter- in terms of that sense. And that way too, we, you know, we get the appreciation on the back end and we get promoted by all of the, the podcasting websites, just that much more. Um, so it really helps out in the long run. So if possible, you know, just just to follow and ideally give us five stars. <laughs> yeah.
1: Outside of that, then like it, then go all to all social medias and search up Turn Dog Golf Pod. Then follow, subscribe, like, comment, save,
0: social share. security, firstborn child, couple the, credit the, card information, yeah, a couple credit yeah. cards. You know, nothing nothing too eventful. But no, I, in all honesty, again, just a little a little bit in terms of some social media love or like a follow, at least in terms of podcasting, um, just goes a long way and it'd be really appreciative. And, and again, we don't normally do this, but this is just, you know, it's a major. These are the times where I got to stick my neck out and try for it. But uh, Jack and I gave you a, a decent amount of bets here. We gave you four lineups. If you come back and you win some money, just come back and drop a follow then just for that. But let's go out there. Let's win some money. And let's go see some good PGA Championship golf. I'm excited. It's going to be a good one.
1: It's going to be a good one, baby. All right. Deuces.